So have you been to see the pyramids yet? Have you had a chance or has it just been work, work, work non-stop? Have been to see the pyramids, but but I have to talk about the pyramids. Um, managed but, to... We're, they're the pyramids. I, Come on, they nothing's are. better than that. Well, maybe something. Well, they're one of the great wonders of the world. Although someone said they're one of the great ancient seven wonders of the world. Because now you've got a modern seven wonders of the world. But I think... Right. Ulti- oh. Yeah. Ultimately, the pyramids of... The Giza, original. They are the original part of the original seven yeah. ones of the world and because um, I'm out in Egypt um, work on the paddle and tournament started on the Tuesday and on the Tuesday there were rains and thunderstorms the kind of thunderstorms where when you're in a commentary box you're slightly worried about where you are and the weather around you and I had my friend who lives in Egypt text me going hasn't been like this for 30 years I cannot tell you. It was that kind of rain when a, a drop of rain and you're soaking wet. We had lightning coming through Ooh. to the commentary box. We, it was it was one of those, which meant, this does lead back to the pyramids, it meant that the next day there was an awful lot of matches. So, you know, that kind of knock-on thing. But we did find a little window. I think it was Friday morning. Our friend and colleague of ours out here together. We, we jumped in an Uber. It's about 15 minutes away. There's a little bit of harassment you're going to get from the locals, a little bit of harassment. But through we went and oh, it's mind-blowing. I mean, it's really mind-blowing to see. It's just mind-blowing. It's amazing. Like Very cool. Like really, really amazing looking at the Sphinx and then all of the pyramids. And there was a guy who was, he was really lovely. He kind of walked with us a little bit and was giving us some information. And we only had, we had quite a small window and we had to get back to the venue. But... It was just nice hearing a little bit about it. It wasn't too busy because we got there quite early. Apparently, this is peak tourist season because the weather's not too bad. Um, amazing. Yeah, just took loads of photos. Selfies with the pyramid behind me. Ah, so cool. <laughs> um, amazing. Like, really, really. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we kept the... You know, sometimes at tournaments, you really do just see the, the hotel... Uh, the the tournament car or the bus or whatever's taking you and the venue and and people are like you were in Egypt or ever why didn't you go and see the sites because you genuinely don't have time yeah and we we really just wanted to make time because we're so close they are so close we're in Giza for heaven's sake so it's not even like it's the other side of Egypt I mean it would have been you know you, you drive along and there's pyramid heights and pyramid hotels and pyramid views we are we're there so um amazing I, I have to say if anyone's been you'll know it's amazing if you haven't been I don't think I'm quite ready to take the boys because there's quite a lot of harassment sounds like quite a strong word but do you know what I mean quite a lot of locals sure. kind of kind of I rushing you, you and- it's a different culture it's a different culture, and when your hair is of a lighter colour, which mine is, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole different thing to deal with as well. So, but it was um, that was incredible, really. So have really... you seen any of the other Seven Wonders of the World? Is that your first one? Bucket list done? But, well, no, we're I... not done. <laughs> bucket list started. That's what I meant to say. Oh yeah, I've now finished my bucket list. Have you been to Rome? Oh, Colosseum seen... in Rome. Yeah, I've seen the Colosseum. I've seen another okay. couple. What what are the Taj ones? Mahal? Got... No, I've got them up. Yeah, Taj Mahal. Okay, keep going. Yeah, uh, no. Machu Picchu. No. Christ the Redeemer. Yes. Oh, have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, Great Wall of China. Nope. I've done the Colosseum, the Taj Mahal, and the pyramids. Um, yeah. When did you do the pyramids? When were you pyramiding? Oh. 
a while, a while ago when I played when I was I playing in Egypt yeah maybe I, I played something in Egypt and yeah went did it did it it was it was we weren't that close we weren't like you like in Giza we had to we had to travel to go and see it but it's probably my biggest regret from traveling is that as you say you just get wrapped up in hotels and tennis because you're there to do a job and when you lose you just want to get out of there because you want to get home because you don't spend much time at home and and actually I think when players are older on tour because uh, I stopped when I was quite young, but when players are older, I think they get better at sort of just just waiting an extra day wherever you are. You know, if you're, you know, if you're playing in South Africa, just add on an extra, just fly. Once you've lost, don't book the flight as soon as you can. Wait one day, go on a safari, then go home. That type of thing. But I, I didn't do anything, which uh, which is which is rubbish. Apart from the uh, the, but pyramids, you saw the pyramids, I think you the saw tournament, the, the tournament, we're running a little trip to it. So uh, yeah, I saw, okay. I tagged tagged along with that, but. Um, yeah, I think that was about it, really. I think when I played in California, I drove and saw Yosemite. Okay. Um, so that was good. But yeah, no, I, I went to some very cool places and didn't see an awful lot. So Yeah, it, it. but as, no, as you say, it can happen. So we, we wanted, I, that's all I've seen, though. Other than that, it has been hotel, a minibus and venue. And I think the really, it, it, I obviously, I'm always comparing and thinking about it next to tennis due to the similarities in the sport and the fact it works so much in tennis. But I was thinking the other day, last night, I was in the minibus on the way back with the four finalists. Now, the four finalists, two of them, Alejandro Gallan and Juan Lebron, are, they're superstars in paddle. I mean, they're absolute rock stars. You know, they've got all these promotion deals. One's dating a famous Spanish actress. I mean, they are, they're everything in paddle. And I'm thinking, I'm just sitting on a minibus with them and some other Spanish people. And I was trying to equate that to the tennis equivalent. And that's like sitting on a minibus with Novak Djokovic and, and Rafa Nadal. And it just wouldn't happen, would it? It's, it's very different. It is different. <laughs> it, it might have something to do with the fact that Djokovic and Nadal make a, a ridiculous amount of money in comparison yes, they... to paddle players. But I was just getting on a minibus. But it's I was just thinking happening. that. I was just thinking that, just sitting there with with the equivalent of in terms of their stature in their respective sports. It Although, was just wasn't that the whole thing with the uh, with the Queen's funeral is that they had to get everybody to Windsor on a minibus and like, all these world leaders just on. A, it wasn't even a bus; I think it was on a coach, wasn't it? They were just all on a coach. How did um, you? How did you? I think link, President... <laughs> how did you link a paddle minibus to the Queen's funeral? Well, I mean, you're saying they're superstars. They, they were global leaders, but you okay. didn't have this... Co- anyway, you know what I'm saying. I don't think President Biden... President Biden's like a federal. I was going to say, or, we've gone from Juan Lebron to Joe Biden, and we've thrown in a little bit of Novak Djokovic. And <laughs> Keeping <laughs> very good company. It's uh, No, it, it's should. been great. It's um, It's been a lot of fun. The weather held since then. We've got the final later today. But, but all the while, and I've got to say my build-up to this tournament when I was focusing and prepping, I couldn't stop thinking about Simona Halep. I mean, that has, um, I don't know, that completely shook me. I think that shook a lot of people. The news that she had tested, she had positive drug tested at the US Open. And it's not why there's been a delay in the pod getting out. So I have to say that was partly my fault. Those winter bugs I told you about with the twins, they got a little bit worse. We had a few things to sort out. But wow, that news of Simona Halep, that that's like that's like a thunderbolt that struck it was huge and it's one of those things where it's just not good either way it's just regardless of any outcome now once you've been Mm, once you're in this situation that she's in it is rubbish you have to pay a lot of money to try and fight your case it takes months and months and months in the meantime you're not allowed to play it you know so 
regardless, you're, you're, you're suspended, even if you're found to not be at fault. We see this all of the time. So it's either sad because, you know, she's taken something that she shouldn't have, or it's incredibly sad because she's got caught up in this and it was all accidental, but, you know, that's that's just how it goes now. And it could take a really long time to 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 fight your case. So, um, yeah, so either way, it's just really rubbish. Rubbish for the sport, rubbish for her. Um and uh, I mean, yeah, who knows what happened, how it happened. We wait to hear sort of what the defence is and whether she can fight it. But I know a lot of people, especially people who aren't of the level of Halep, will just, um, they'll just take it on the chin, even if they aren't, um, even if they, uh, you know, aren't guilty of doing anything. But it's just because it takes too long and, and it's it's too much money to try and, and fight. They just, they just can't do it. So it's very difficult. But no disrespect to those people, Simona Halep, if she is indeed innocent, has so much to lose. I mean, she has an incredible amount on the line here. Yeah, you know, a huge amount on the line. And but but more than that, she's already lost a bit. As I say, regardless of the outcome, she's still lost. She will have lost time. She's in the later stages of her career, and she, yeah, I mean, it it it's rubbish. I mean, she was what back up into the top ten playing very well I know she took this time out obviously to have um some surgery end of the season you know we see that but you know she would have been looking to come back firing um in 2023 and that's just not going to be able to happen I just can't see it being sorted by then it just it, it tends to take uh, quite a while so um yeah very strong statements from her from Darren Cahill from her team as in just categorical of absolutely no way like no understanding of it um and it was interesting. She said she felt betrayed by, by it all, which, which I can understand. You know, I can understand when if you are somebody who's dedicated to being a clean athlete and you've been an athlete for such a long time and done however many drugs tests along the way, and it is such a big focus of yours, and you know the rules, you know how it works, and then to have this come sort of out of the blue, you feel like, well, yeah, you would feel a little bit betrayed by it all, I guess. Well, let me ask you. You mentioned a strong statement and yeah, she used the words confused and betrayed and a lot of people have come out in supports. Um, I think Serana Castea, her statement was interesting. She said, look, we're not the best of friends. We don't get on, but I support her. There was a very strong one from, as you said, Darren Cahill. I thought it was more wishy-washy really from Patrick Moratoglu. But let, let me ask you about liability. Where does that lie? Because you as a tennis player... You're an individual contractor, so you are responsible for getting yourself here, there and everywhere. But players at this level have a massive team around them who are booking flights. Who Wasn't it in the Maria Sharapova case that she said her agent normally dealt with those emails but was away or was dealing something and, and, and missed the email? So what about, does it completely lie on the player or should teams take some responsibility here as well. And as I say, we don't know what happened, but she's saying confused and betrayed. She didn't take anything. If possibly it came from someone around her, does it always have to go back to the player or or should teams get implicated or take some responsibility? No, I, the, the fact is that it is 100% on the player uh, at all times, whether it's accidental, whether it's negligence, whether it's deliberate, it is 100% on the player. And it is a huge responsibility. It is, again, it's part of, you know, we've we've mentioned this quite a few times, the difference between saying being a tennis player and, say, a footballer. You're not owned, you're not bought and sold, you're not contracted. You are a, 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 
a private independent entity going about your business and one of the requirements for you to enter these tournaments and to earn money and do your job is that you pass drugs tests random drugs tests that's one of the requirements and it is your responsibility that you do that and um you know, people are, are just incredibly uptight. And, and she said in her in her statement that she would always double check things, but ultimately it doesn't. But it wasn't her double checking it because that's the thing. It doesn't matter who double checks it if they're wrong. It's your fault. So I know a lot of players do take that on themselves. And yeah, should it be that way? I don't know. I feel like there's a huge amount of responsibility on the player. And when it comes to tennis, it's just a hundred percent on the player all the time regardless of what the situation is, it's never going to be anybody else's fault, whether it comes to drugs or, or any other situation that can be tricky. Um, it is, yeah, it's a fundamental requirement of your job. And I know that players are incredibly uptight about it. And so they should be. Um, you know, if you're taking things regularly, you know, every season, you need to check that that is still legal. Um, you know, if you take new things, you need to thoroughly thoroughly um know that it is a, a legal substance um and and that's it <laughs> that's that's basically it and whether you're taking a vitamin you know and and i know that there are cases of sort of eating meat in colombia and that sort of thing that doesn't seem to be the case here i understand that there are obviously some gray areas this is not straightforward um but you know all they can do is say well a banned substance was found in your system and that's it well, that's, I, I think that's the worry for Simona Halep here. And look, look maybe she's saying she didn't do it. She, I, as I say, we don't know if she did or shouldn't, but I think one of the worries is you talked about dodgy meat in Colombia. We've had people who have kissed people with cocaine on their lips. We've had people who've somehow, some cancer drug has slipped into some pasta that was being made. I think the worry here think, for Simona Halep, and I haven't done too much looking into it and... I don't really understand the chemical side of things, but this roxadustat, if that's what it's called, is it's meant for uh, anemia patients to boost red blood cell production, a little bit like EPO. And we all know EPO from the cycling and everything that happened there. And I think that's the worry with it doesn't feel like this is an an accidental drug that you could, in terms of building a case for how, you know, the, the case, if she genuinely didn't take it, the case is, her case is literally can only be, I genuinely didn't do this. Yeah, and I think for us, like, I mean, you, there's no obvious defence with it because we don't know what it's like. It's in. It doesn't seem like it's in lots of different things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, and that's where it's really difficult. I mean, in terms of liability that you were saying, you can, if you were to take a vitamin, that the company that made that vitamin guaranteed that you know it that it was safe and that it was legal because there are companies that do that then you have the right to sue them i imagine um but that's going to cost you a huge amount of money and you know it's it's, it's very it's very difficult as as i said at the beginning of this there is no good outcome here there just isn't a good outcome even if she is entirely vindicated and she's entirely innocent. She's still going to lose a big chunk of her career. She's still going to have her reputation knocked. And she's still going to have to go through this whole battle with it all. So it just sucks all round. Um, but, you know, we want WADA to do their job. And when they find stuff, they inform the governing bodies and they have to act. So, uh, yeah, it 
It is surprising. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, it's like when Sharapova, the Sharapova thing, you know, the, the amount of people that were just like, oh, she just doesn't seem like the sort of person. And it's the same with Halep. She just doesn't seem like the sort of person. But, like, I, you know, it, I just don't think that's a, a judge a judgment you can make. I mean, we don't know them personally, do we? We don't hang out with them <laughs> behind the scenes. And that's why I find it quite funny with the um, the statements of support I find really interesting because they can't, like you know, Serana Castilla can't know. You know, she she might think there's no way Halep she's a good you know, or they're obviously not that that good friends according to her statement. But you know, you, you can't know that somebody to the extent where you're going to come out and pu- publicly back them. You, you don't have any idea. I could understand Darren Cahill do it because, doing it because he's actually been part of the team. He understands the workings of it, and he can say which is what he seems to have said, that my time with her, that there's absolutely no way this would have happened. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a funny one. You just sort of have to wait and see. But it's like in court, isn't it, when you give a character reference? What is the character of this person? Is this something you can see this person doing? I think that, that seems to be simply what those voices are doing. But as you say, Darren Cahill, he would have known how the team worked. But that's why this year, uh, and you can tell, I so don't want this to be true, makes no sense she blows up her whole team. This is a team that she's been really close with, that have been with her. And we're talking all parts of the team. We're not just talking about when Djokovic did his, I'm getting rid of my sort of physical and, and the coaches team. He, he always kept his agents. He kept his PR. She got rid of everybody from PR to management to advice to physical to mental. Everybody she got rid of. And everyone's like, okay, that's strange. Then she started to work with Patrick Moratoglu and, and his machine took over everything. Then she has a panic attack, for heaven's sake, at Roland Garros and said that's the first time that's happened. Then she announces, sadly for her, she's getting divorced. That's after less than a year of marriage. Then she loses to a qualifier at the US Open. There was a, obviously a title in between there. And then she says she's having nasal surgery for aesthetic reasons, and that's the end of the season. I mean, there is so much head-scratching to do with this 2022 for Simona Halep. It's been quite chaotic. I mean, there have been lots of really good moments as well, as in she's done... Yeah really well at, at certain times but it, it's it's just felt chaotic um you know we're so used to her I suppose just delivering that level of consistency and and just knowing what's what but yeah it has um it has been a bit chaotic and then what a finish this is just a yeah um yeah not a nice situation but it's just difficult difficult to really comment on it other than it's going to be a long road ahead to clear her name or be found of to be guilty of doing it and then you serve out serve out the ban it's just unfortunately it's it's the way that it works um it's similar you know um it's similar if you get you know accused of something um just of breaking the law in your regular civilian life outside of tennis you know that it sucks either way (laughs) whether you're guilty or innocent you know it's gonna be a rubbish road ahead so um yeah oh i don't know it, but I think, do you think she's the biggest name that this has happened to in terms of a drugs ban? So you're taking Sharapova out of this? Sharapova wasn't exactly a small name when it happened. No, Sharapova, okay, Sharapova was bigger. I think that's fair enough. But um, I think Sharapova is bigger on a global scale. I think that's always been the thing with Halep that everyone took her to their heart within tennis and she managed to get herself in terms of in Romania and get it, but she was never Sharapova status. You know, Sharapova was one of those who outside of tennis people knew about and she was at Met Galas and all that kind of stuff. So 
I think that the, the Sharapova standing the on that about, carpet um, in LA oh, yeah. giving the state I mean do you remember that press conference yeah. I remember the carpet um <laughs> I think that's <laughs> but but this could be this could go above that depending how it plays out in terms of what she's been accused of and the drug and everything this could turn out to be bigger than that yeah I mean it was it was pretty extraordinary wasn't it as well with Sharapova I mean she ultimately got her band re- band reduced by a few months not a lot I think she still had to serve 15 months and then came back and was nowhere near the same level so it ultimately ended her career I mean and that's the thing is that this could ultimately end Halep's career regardless of the outcome um, in terms of you know where she can get back to because we just never saw Sharapova the same again so yeah I mean look when it comes to this stuff my my biggest issue with it is the players that they beat at the time so Halep didn't beat anyone at the US Open, <laughs> so so uh, there's no one there. But when Sharapova had been done at Australian Open, she'd reached the quarterfinals. That's four players that she had beaten in that tournament, uh, ultimately cheating. And, you know, that, the fact that nothing happens for those players, like I really passionately believe that those players that have been beaten should be awarded the next round of prize money and ranking points. That's been taken away with them. One of them was Belinda Bencic, I think, in the fourth round. Opportunity for her to make quarterfinals, playing really well. You know, so that sort of thing that can transform players' lives, their careers. Um, and the fact is that just nothing happens. It's not like in other sports where, you know, I think we've got a British athlete at the moment who got a silver medal in twenty twenty in twenty twelve, and she's going to get bumped up to a gold because the the gold medalist has now been been done for for drugs and. You know, I, I understand people's frustration that, oh, she doesn't get her podium moment. It's 10 years later. This is outrageous. I get it. But nothing happens for tennis players at all. Absolutely nothing. You get beaten and you're, you're gone. And I was on the receiving end of it, although, <laughs> although it wasn't quite the same situation. When I played Martina Hingis at Wimbledon, I lost. I had a couple of match points and lost. Uh, she reached the fourth round. And she was done for cocaine in that was the tournament where she was done for, with her drugs test yeah. for, for cocaine. Um, and it's funny because when when it, we were around that time and people would talk to me about it, they go, oh, you know, so what what happened to you? And I'm like, nothing. I didn't get an email. I didn't. No one contacted me. You don't get anything. So I and look, I wasn't that bummed out because it was clearly a recreational tr- drug and I don't think it assisted her in any way <laughs> in, in winning. <laughs> but um uh, you know, but if it had been a properly sp- performance-enhancing drug, like for example Sharapova with meldonium, I think I would have been furious because, you know, that you know there there were there were three people in that tournament who lost to somebody who was breaking the rules, and there were four people at the Australian Open, and as I say, no one in the US for Halep. But that's my big thing is I don't understand why because she has to give her prize money back. So Sharapova had to give all of her prize money back from the Australian Open and all of her points back. So why not just divvy that up to everybody else? If everybody else just moves forward around, then it's the same amount of points, it's the same amount of prize money, but it get, it goes to the the athletes. So, but is know. is is there thinking that even if she hadn't been taking something, she still could have won? There's no way we would have known that you would have beaten her even if she wasn't on drugs. Would that? Well, be that's it. How yes, look but that's it. it. But what happened? Which is true if, in some cases, right? Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I, I understand that you can't just award points for to people that they haven't achieved. So, so I know that it's a grey area. But okay, maybe you don't give the points, but you do give the money. 
and you say, right, you yeah. can have the prize yeah. money, but you, your points are going to stay as they are because, you know, we can't just give Benchich a quarterfinal when she's never been to a quarterfinal. So, you know, I can understand that, but there's definitely some room for improvement, I think, for the players that have been beaten. And what would happen? What would happen if Simona Halep had won the US Open and then her drugs wow. test back? What happens if you've won it? What do you do? Because as I say, with, with races, it's very obvious. You just go to the next person down. But does the finalist yeah. then become a winner? Does, like, so then how does it work? So I'm talking myself out of the points thing, actually. <laughs> now I'm like, you can't do that. Um, or do you just not have a winner that tournament? It's very, very... It's an interesting it, one, isn't it? it? it yeah, it's... I don't think tennis has it quite worked out, to be honest. Um, and it's different. It's difficult because you can't redo it. The tournament's happened. It's happened how it's happened. Um, but the impact is is absolutely huge, especially if people are going deep in events. So, um, yeah, I mean, when that happens, I guess you just have a void tournament. Until, like, there was no champion that year. I remember landing at LAX airport and obviously your phones are off, going to Indian Wells and you switch on the phone, you know, just to let your parents that let your parents know you've arrived and your work colleagues are on your way. And the news flash came up that Sharapova holding a press conference, the drugs ban and everything. I just remember screaming down the plane to my colleague, Sharapova's been banned. <laughs> and everyone on the plane just turning around. And I was like, okay, yeah. Because it was massive news. We literally just landed. You switch on your phone. It was huge, yeah. And suddenly there's this, oh my, this, this massive news. And not to make light of drug testing, but there might be people fairly new to tennis. Uh, remind us of that story. Because didn't you have someone from drug testing in the car with you when you were taking your, drug te- uh, your driving test? <laughs> I mean, brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I uh, was taking my driving test when I was 17 and that we do this thing called whereabouts when you're in your off season. So you have in tournament, in competition testing and you have out of competition testing. And so this was my out of competition. It was off season. And I always, you would always book the time because you have to give them an hour of every day where they know where you're going to be, but like precisely where they're gonna, you're going to be. Um and uh, so you always do it very early because you have to submit it in advance. And, you know, even if you put between 6 and 7 a.m., like you might just the night before just decide to do you might just get up early and go to the gym or something. You know, you just you just don't Madness. know. Yes. And if you were to miss it, that's a strike. And I believe it's two strikes. That's all you get. Um, it might be three, but I, th- I have a feeling it's two. Um, but yeah, it's been a long time since I was a player. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a, a lifetime ago. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of people put it between, say, 5 and 6 a.m. And uh, it's like the Andy Murray story when he got the knock on the door the day he was picking up his, uh, was it MBE, OBE or knighthood, whatever it was, one of them. Uh, <laughs> so you've got to try and pee. But the problem with doing it between 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning is that you don't normally pee then because you're not normally awake. So you can't just sort of just do the test and go. So, yeah, no, she she knocked on the door and she was perfectly friendly. And they are, they're really friendly at that time of the morning. <laughs> and as soon as you've opened the door, as soon as they've shown you their ID, they can't take their eyes off you. So I like open the door, door my pajamas. So, but like, I need to get changed and I, need, <laughs> I wanted to have a shower and all this sort of stuff. And they, they can't allow you out of their sight. So whatever you do, you have to do with How them. How did you have a shower? Right at you. Oh, I didn't. Hmm. I wanted to, but I just didn't. Yeah. But I could have. She said, you can absolutely have a shower, but I will just have to sit and look at you. Oh, so. oh that's, that's just a bit creepy. Like, I know it's I know it's her so job. So that's why I opted to not I have a I know it's her job, but that's a little, that's creepy. <laughs> you can have a shower, but I'm going to sit and look at you. 
I mean, and then my driver in- instructor picked, picked me up at seven o'clock in the morning, and I still hadn't been able to go because the problem is, is that it takes so long. Like even once you've, pe- it's not like you can pee and go. You then have to do all this rigmarole. You have to select a bottle. You have to select another bottle at random. You have to select caps at random. You've got to make sure the numbers match up. You've got to fill out forms and forms. You've got to write down anything you've been taking. It takes a long time, even from when you pee. So we just didn't have the time, basically. And so I was panicking, and she was perfectly friendly. She said, that's fine, I'll just sit in the back. That's all right. So my driver instructor picked me up. We went, uh, we went around, and she, um, she sat in the back as we were doing all of my practice. And then I asked my driver instructor, can we get there like 15 minutes early? And then we'll see if I can do it. And then I managed to do it. But she was just going to sit in the back during my actual test as well. (laughs) (laughs) And she was being really encouraging as well. She was so nice. Um, But as I say, they can't take their eyes off you. So, um, yeah, I managed to... We got to the examination place, uh, the centre. We managed to do it, fill out all the forms. And then she just had to wait whilst I did my driver's test because we were miles away from home where her car was. Her car was at my house because she just sat in the car with us. So, and then I passed. Congratulations. Then I hugged the WADA lady. (laughs) Because my driver instructor gave me a hug and then she gave me a hug. (laughs) And then off we went. And then we then, uh, then went home. So it was quite surreal. It would have been very funny if she had been in the back of the car for the exam. Oh, dear. So and more tennis, oh, so, you know, I was going to do a bit on tennis babies, but there have actually been so many tennis babies born in the last week. I think we just do a general congratulations to everyone who's had a tennis baby. Yes, that's very good. Lots of tennis babies lots born. Of names. Just, Great. Lots of babies. We love so babies. Congratulations to everyone. Well done. Love babies. Congratulations. Good luck with getting some sleep and all that sort of things. But congratulations to them. Um, other news, more recent news. Emma Raducanu, I, I am not a betting person. Um, apart from the Grand National, sometimes pick a name of a horse I like. But if I was, I would have bet possibly my house on the fact that she wouldn't play the Billie Jean King Cup finals mm. because of the injury she's had. And we get the official confirmation that it's wrist, isn't it? And not able to join up with Anki Yothavong and the team, which is which is really sad news for, for her and, and for the team. Yeah, I think uh, it's been a yeah difficult end to the season because she's not been able to play as she would want to. So she'd be coming in really undercooked anyway, even if she was fit. So the whole thing, I think, just wouldn't have been particularly ideal. I mean, other than it would have been great for her to play at home, it you know, would be a, a fantastic event. But, you know, just, I think, good for her to be able to draw a line, just focus on, on getting fit. But, um, yeah, it seems like the wrist injury is a bit more serious than other ones that we've ha- seen before. Um and uh, yeah, just plenty of rehab. Seeing lots of videos though of her doing her physical work with her trainer okay. Jess Green. So um, yeah, putting a shift in, but yeah, gutting for the team as well because I mean, yeah, look, she's a big name for the crowds, isn't she? So um, and we don't have the flashiest of names in the British team at the moment. But I mean, if anyone is beating that American team, I will. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be kidding me. That is ridiculous. But there you go. I mean, I mean, two of them are competing in Dallas. There's your singles players. In both both competitions. Exactly. (laughs) It's just so silly. What I I guess so they have to win, surely. Well, I I, I actually did a a preview for the LTA about the Billie Jean King Cup finals and uh, I was asked to name my favourites. And and America, yeah, Cathy Rinaldi's team is is the standout. I mean, the strength and depth. I mean, it's silly. It's silly the players they've got. And I guess the only hope for the others is that 
that going from Fort Worth to Glasgow, which Iga Świątek said she couldn't do for Poland, it, it, it wasn't healthy, it wasn't right, that maybe that will affect Jessica Pagula and Coco Goff. You know, if, if they go... If they go deep in the singles and doubles, there might be a bit of a hangover from that physically or mentally. I don't know. Or maybe they'll be on this massive high. But again, they've got, you know, they've got the Daniel Collins. They've got the strength and depth, Madison Keys to to build through. I think Taylor Townsend's also part of the team. So I had them as my out-and-out favourites. You've got to put the Czech Republic in there. Pliskova's back this year. She didn't play last year, but Pliskova's back. Krachikova found some form back end of the season, which is really nice. See on the singles court. Yeah. And we know what she does with Siniaka on, on, the, on the doubles court. So Will they I be the doubles pair? I mean, they have to I be, mean, right? How can they, how can they not be they the doubles be, pair? Yeah. Just whack them no, in. They'll win. It's fine. Um, so, I think, and because of their history in the competition, I had to put them up there. I also put Switzerland up there because they got to the final last year. They lost to the Russian Tennis Federation, as we were calling them, who won't be there this year. And it's a settled team um, with Belinda Bencic, Olympic champion in there, and, and they know what it, it takes to get to that stage. So, To be honest, I could make a case for a lot of them. Uh, my surprise packages were Canada. Okay. Because we've yep. got Leila Fernandez. Yep. You know what she can do on form. Bianca Andreescu, first time in over three years, she's representing her country. Mm. You know, so they've they've got Gabby Dabrowski. We know what she can do on a doubles court. So I think Rebecca Marino's in there too. So, well, Fernandez and Andreescu are big match players. They're yeah. big. They're big sort of yeah crowd players. They yeah. they will up it playing for Canada without without question. And and Andrescu's been starting to build something recently, hasn't she? She's been getting some back to back wins. She's been looking looking pretty solid. I think twenty twenty three as long as she stays fit and healthy, could be really strong. Coaching separation though, Sven Grunfeld yep. announced that they're not going to continue work together on the same thing. We've got Dmitry Tursnov now with Belinda Bencic. Yes, he said that that. The, it wasn't that offer that came in while he left Radicani. There were a lot of different things bubbling around. And I Sasha that a bit Bain, of a weird one. I feel a bit of a weird one, really? Tursnoff, with what he was saying, because he didn't really say anything. I was sort of like, no. if you're going to have a bit of a moan about it, and if you're not happy with the situation, then sort of just say how it is. But he essentially just said, oh, you know, we did the trial period. I was ready to extend it. She didn't want to. And so I, I left. I was like, someone, not really, it's not really news to me. That's just sort of how it works. Well, he said <laughs> he said there were red know. flags, didn't he? He said there were red flags. Yeah, but then but he you didn't... can't just say that and not expand on it. I don't think that's fair. Well, and, and most people came down to the conclusion that there might be quite a few voices and there's been quite a quick turnaround. Maybe he's looking for stability or he says the Benchich offer didn't come in until afterwards. Um, so... Yeah, there was a piece. Was it on Tennis Majors? I think Carol Boucher did yes. a piece with him. Tennis Majors. And Sasha Bain with Yelena Ostapenko. I, I love this matchup. I don't know why. I think I think that I, I want I want to see her back. And I think that, that could be she's at the tour finals and the doubles, but I think that could be good. Quite feisty, yeah. quite fiery. You sent me a possibly. screenshot of them on court together and you were very yeah. excited about it. Yeah, I th- I think I think that I think that could be quite fun. Um so yeah, so that's the Billie Jean King Cup finals. Um, Kazakhstan and Spain for Great Britain. Kazakhstan have now got not only Patinsova, who still frightens me, but they've got the Wimbledon champion, so they've stepped things up a little bit. Yeah. And Spain, Spain. I mean, Badosa 
Bedosa Bedosa hasn't had the best of years, but she still is who she is. And look, it's, that's going to be that's going to be super tough. But I was looking through, thinking there's just there's fun matches everywhere. So I'm looking forward to that. The the tour finals, I've I've put in order who I'd like to win my top three. Oh, okay. So All I'm right, going to ask. I'm going to ask for oh, yours to be as fair, well. We are so. starting very soon, so yeah, no, go for it. So they might have been out or done by now. Um, I one of these three, I would love to. I, I like them all. Oh, I'm going to put a fourth in there. Oh. Okay. Um, Anjabu. Yes. Love her to win. I think she's just, yeah. Um, Daria Kasatkina. Yeah. Because so great just, to see her she's qualify. Spent a lot of time in the wilderness and so much was talked about what a talent she is and how good she is. And, and to see her back, playing with confidence, being herself, just love that. Although when I saw the official photo, I didn't recognise her. Is that bad? I was looking, <laughs> you know, you look across, I was like, it took me a couple of seconds. I was like, who is that? Oh, wow. Um, and Irina Sabalenka, because she just makes me laugh. She says it as it is. She's not going to change for anyone. And the, the fact that she can have, what, about a thousand double faults to her name for the year and still yeah. qualify for the tour finals. Um, and then Jessica Pagula just that? pop it. Oh, she must have done. It must she be must the most. Yeah. It's not a record she won. And, and Pagula, but one of, one of those three slash four. Oh, any of them, Literally but they would be, I think. Half the list. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna put in Coco Goff as well. well yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not? What about who, Caroline? Who you... Come on, Caroline. Yeah, I mean, as I say, there's, there's no one. I'm suddenly gonna go. Wow, I don't want you to win. But just I, they're like soft. I've got soft spots for those. Doesn't I would it show, though, of... with, with the Kazakina and Garcia, for example, particularly Garcia, it really shows how even players who are a bit in the wilderness that you you watch them play and you just think how they're never going to get back to that top 10 level, you know, possibly going through that with Emma Raducanu at the moment in, in comparison to obviously what she's achieved and how the way that she's playing. It, it shows that really there is a large chunk of, there are a large chunk of players um, that can do it if they just get everything right, if everything falls into place and if they're in the right headspace mentally, they can make that big push up once again because I don't think anyone would have predicted Garcia being in there at the beginning of the year. That's um, no, that's no, completely no, no. left field. Wasn't but she everybody 75 knows how, at the beginning of the year or something? Yeah, I know. Was, but everybody knows how well she can play. Like You know that she can play well enough. We remember her huge run. But it's just so, so, so confidence-based because she's quite an anxious player. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting. I love that we get a couple of those players that, that push on up and, and squeeze in every year. Um, and I think, you know, if you are, you know, sitting in those lower rankings and you're sort of underachieving, it's a good boost. You're talking about Ostapenko with Sasha Bayin, you know, like there's nothing to say that she couldn't be in there next year. I could totally see that with a great, great year from her, obviously. So, um, yeah, I really like that. I don't know who I want to win, to be honest. I don't have a favour. I mean, Come on, give me... Come on, you must, go on, come on, give me a name. Come on, you must have. Well, who I want I've, I've to win. Three or four, who would, yeah. Who well, would... I just do love Kazakina. I mean, I just think she's awesome. Um, mm. It's so good to have Coco Goff. I'm similar to you though, because like you can make a case for any of them. Like, so you're going to, you're, you're doing the list now, aren't you? Come on, next yeah. one. Jessica Pagula, love Jessica Pagula to win. Jessica Pagula, I'd like her to make a bit of a statement because she's sort of the quietest person, isn't she, out of the bunch. She just goes about her business quite quietly. It's not been too flashy. Yeah. Um, and she qualified, I think, in third place. So yeah. very, very strong year from her. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who do I, want, who do I want to win? Oof, I don't know. It, how cool would it be to have an American win in Dallas, though? So, OK, I'm going with Coco. And I feel 
And I don't think we've got time to start this now because I have a little Egyptian bus that leaves and needs me to be on it to get to the panel because it's final day. But I, I feel, not that we take Coco Goff for granted, but why do we not talk about her more? She's 18. She's, still, she's 18 and she's qualified... And let's not even getting into the reaching grandstand final singles and doubles. She's she's qualified for the singles and doubles at the Tour of France. I feel like because she's been around for so long that we just expect it of her. Whereas sometimes I think, shouldn't we take a bit of time and actually talk about just how amazing she is? Absolute ledge. Yeah. Oh, she's she is already a superstar of the sport. But if yeah. she continues on this trajectory, she's going to win slams. She's probably going to get to number one in the world at some point. Um, I mean, she's got another 50 years left to play. She's only 18. <laughs> she's got ages in her career. So I think... Uh, wow. Well, yeah. It feels like it. Sports science has moved on, isn't it? Hey, <laughs> Venus is still going. So, you know, there you go. Actually, yeah, that's true. So then, I'm going to ask you. So you're... Okay, so Coco Goff. You're going Coco Goff? Well, look, yeah. I mean, look, I think I, I think Shontek's going to win. I think Shontek's going to win. Yeah, <laughs> but, no. But I mean, let's we're not we're do both... that. Let's do what we want to happen this time, rather than, rather than uh, rather than trying to predict what we want. Like, I'm going Coco. Who are you picking? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sabalenka. She just oh, makes really? me laugh. She I'm just sure make... you were going to go Ons. She she just makes me laugh. So well, I'm I'm look at Ons, Kasatkina, Sabalenka. I'd love them to share it, and they're all so different. And they're all so great, uh, but there's something about Sabalenka. I just the year she's had. I just, I, I would, I just love to see that big smile. And for her, you know, cool. I think, I think that'd be great. Now, so now this will be decided by the time a lot of people listen to this. But we've got the ATP finals that you're going to be working on. They're taking place in yes. Turin. So we've got four players as we speak. What day is this? Sunday. As we speak on Sunday, we've got four players for two spots: Felix Ogielia, Simon Andre Rublev. They've kind of almost qualified. Taylor Fritz and Hubert Hercatch would both need to win the title in Paris to have a chance. So either, are you saying that you, do you think that Auger Lewis and Rublev will have those spots? Or do you see anyone doing like a jack sock and racing through and, and winning Paris and then qualifying? Well, that's where it's so exciting because we have a Masters event with 1,000 points on offer. So, yeah. But it would take somebody winning it, um, which I don't, uh, yeah, I don't see it. I, I think it's going to be, um, Ojeda Seaman and Rublev and I think thoroughly deserved I'd, I'd I'd also really like to see them in it I just don't the ones that sit just below I don't feel like they uh, I don't know I'm not looking at them and going oh they they should be in it they deserve to be that I think it really should be Ojeda Seaman Rublev that's what I'm expecting so you are Paris Masters next week or this week as people listen depending where people I are. am yep starts tomorrow I am the Paddle World Championships effectively the World Cup of Paddle in Dubai, which yeah. Great Britain have a men's team in. They don't have a team in the women's, they've got a men's team in. But basically, since the competition began, there's only been one year, men and women, where Argentina and Spain haven't been in the final. Well, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, Great, that's to be expected. And Great Britain found themselves today in Spain's group. So that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun, keeping me busy. And then it's going to be Billie Jean King Cup finals. So yeah, there is still, still so much tennis going on. But I've got... Well, the countdown's on to get the bus. And honestly, they don't hang around with the bus. They don't have seatbelts. And the driving's no. pretty scary. Tournament so, transport, you don't, you don't want to miss it. You can't. No, because then, no, because they, they don't, they don't want to wait. And then there's not another one for a while. So I'm, I'm going to have to go and run down and get my bus. But, Just go. <laughs> but Just it's go, been a don't pleasure, miss it. It's been a pleasure as always. And, and we'll catch yeah. up next week. 
Okay. Bye. Bye. Run. Run. 